Welcome back to the LV Edit. I'm your host, Kristen Wagner, the editor-in-chief of Lehigh Valley Style. This podcast takes listeners behind the scenes of the magazine and celebrates life in the Lehigh Valley. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited to be joined by Hagai Feiner, president of Easton-based Platform 5. Hagai is featured in our February men's edition on Newsstands Now. He's doing things really differently and truly prioritizing the tenants of his spaces. We talk about this, some of the challenges he faced when pivoting from networking solutions to boutique real estate, co-working at his 915 Northampton Street location, the properties he's working on next, and so much more. Let's get into the conversation. All right. Well, welcome, Hagai. Thank you so much for joining me today on the LV Edit podcast. Thanks for having me, Kristen. Ever since meeting you, um, I knew that we had to have you on the podcast. You have such a great story and such an inspiring mindset and kind of philosophy to the work that you do and, and just the way that you live your life. And For these reasons, we were so excited to feature you in our February men's edition of Lehigh Valley Style. And I'm curious what that experience was like for you and kind of how the reception has been since the issue was released. Um, Well, I spoke to someone yesterday who's one of our vendors and uh, he said, hey, I saw you at Lehigh Valley Style and I, I read this article and it's so cool. I didn't know all this about you. So it turns out that even people that I've worked with, because he actually is one of the vendors that was working on our new office on Northampton Street. You don't necessarily get to share your story in this way, even with people that you've been working with for a year and a half. And so I think the, the big bottom line here is that this put a lot of color to, to this picture of who a guy is and people even that were used to working with me on a professional level really had no idea uh, where I came from, what my history was uh, in this country and even before. And uh, I, I am very grateful that you guys took my story and very accurately translated it into this article. Um, So they have great feedback. Everybody's happy for for our success. And uh, it's really cool to to see um, all of this excitement around what we do. And people really, I think people should know who you are, right? When you're starting a business, people should really know who you are. And that's exactly what this article does for me. Amazing. I I love to hear that um, because I think similarly, our team at the magazine had been watching Platform 5 and and you from the sidelines for a little while and, um, you know, thought maybe we knew about the work you were doing and, um, but, you know, getting the tour of the space and getting to know you, I feel like there's just so many layers to, to you and and to the space and to the business. And um, I agree that I, I learned so much along the way as well. So that's really cool to hear, you know, that others in, in your life have as well. Um, but you have, you know, such an impressive journey as we were just talking about, you shared in the article that growing up, you were a hyperactive kid who actually got kicked out of middle school and (laughs) 
So the only high school that would accept you was the Israeli Air Force High School. And from there, you served in the Israeli Air Force and spent seven years in the military. Um, And then you immigrated to the United States in your early 20s, worked as a day laborer for $5 an hour, studied IT, and went on to create your own networking solutions company. So... I guess my question is what you would say the secret to your success, perhaps what the thing that really propelled you toward it along the way was. I think persistence. Um, that is what, well, maybe we can add one more rule uh, to all of this, but certainly having the uh, tenacity to see something um, it coming in the future. So with Access Networks, which is the business that I sold in 2021, it took me almost 20 years to, to create that success with my team, right? And in the process, um, I initially saw an opportunity because I thought that in back in 2002, when I got into the networking world, um, I thought that Ethernet and Wi-Fi are going to dominate the connectivity space, meaning everything that we know that is digital is going to use Ethernet, which is a hardwired network connection, and Wi-Fi, which is the wireless extension of that hardwired connection, to communicate. And back in 2002, Ethernet was, you know, at its infancy, and Wi-Fi was not supported on on laptops. Right? It was. It was a very different world. The iPhone didn't exist. Um, everything we know about the internet today was really, really in early phases. And having seen that, you know, vision of the future, I went and pursued that with everything I've had. And 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 it took it took about eight years for Access Networks to actually see some early on success. And so persistence. Uh, was the initial, I would say, principle of, hey, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to make this a success no matter what. And initially, you know, I was the only person at Access Networks before it was even named Access Networks. Initially, it was called Tailored Computing because they're just a one-man show building networks for high-end homes. And um, in those days, I would have to wake up at 5 in the morning or 4.30 and show up at the office at 5 to support networks that were deployed on the East Coast, right? So if you have a problem, you want to call a number and then have someone pick up the phone on your time zone, not on mine. So I couldn't afford to, to show up at work later at 9 a.m. where it's already noon your time. And so you really have to, um, to put that mindset on, which is whatever it takes, I'm going to make it work. Um, and I think the other... Um, the other piece of this that I've realized later on, and this really, it's kind of odd because sometimes you'll, you'll watch a movie or hear someone talk and it will make sense to you. And this is exactly what happened to me. Um, I was watching the movie, A Beautiful Mind uh, with Russell Crowe and Russell Crowe played John Nash. And in that movie, John Nash was an American scientist who had an original theory. And his original theory was that in a group setting, the best result will happen when everyone in the group 
will do what's best for themselves and the group. And I never really saw it this way until that all of that kind of sunk in. And I thought, what a great way to think about building a business, right? So the best result for Haggai is when Haggai does what's best for himself and the team, right? Because a lot of businesses, you know, really exist to serve the owner and everyone else maybe has a position and maybe has some benefits. But when you're building something that is built to serve yourself and everyone else, that's a very different take on um, on building a team, building a business, how you treat your clients, um, especially, you know, look at the platform five, uh, what we're building now, thinking about the community, right? So you can start thinking about how this process influenced me in building access networks and ultimately now building platform five. Yeah, that that's such an interesting, you know, quote or mindset or piece of advice because it, it sounds so simple, but I think you're right that it's really not the norm of how people are operating businesses or how, you know, they're thinking about it in the early days of, of starting them. Um, yeah, I, I heard a quote recently that said, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I feel like that's kind of similar to the way you think as well. Um, but you were living in Los Angeles when you founded Access Networks. Um, but along the way, as the company grew, uh, there became a need for an East Coast office. And your wife is actually an Easton native and found yes. the property that was pretty perfect, uh, 225 Ferry Street. Um, and we'll circle back to what we were just chatting about, but I want to talk about this location because you've shared with me that it's actually becoming available this May. Um, so I'd love if you could tell us about the space and who you're looking to see take over it next. Well, 225 Ferry was an awesome project. My first introduction to doing business in Easton. And uh, I was, you know, it's really, they say you don't love things that don't love you back. It's really difficult to do that with, especially with a building like that. Um, I walked through the building in 2016. Michelle actually found it because it was way over the budget that I had in mind. <laughs> and um, I thought, all right, this looks like a really cool structure. I have to go see it. And uh, I took uh, a flight out to Easton, spent the night, went to see the building. And really, I just couldn't even... Huh, I, there, there was no way I was walking out of that meeting without buying that building. Wow. So, uh, so I made an offer on, on a spot and Carl Martinez, who owned it at the time, was there with us. And I've learned that in business, if you want to get something done, you really need a handshake. And a lot of people say, well, handshake really doesn't mean much anymore, but I really think that it does. And so what I said to Carl is, I love your building. I will do everything in my power to preserve it uh, as you know you desire. Because he actually had the opportunity to sell it to other people, but he didn't like the idea of what they were going to go and do with it. Uh, so he was very he was a discerning seller. And I said everything that we will put in here can be undone if needed. Um, and so and that was that was a big part of, of the bill. But 
sitting there across from Carl at the table um, it, at 225 Ferry, I extended my hand to shake his hand. And when someone does that, it's almost like, I'm not going to say it's a psychological trick. I was <laughs> looking for a commitment, but it's really hard to leave someone hanging, right? So if, if you extend your hand and the other person across the way is just looking at you, it's just this awkward moment. And I created that deliberately because I wanted to, to essentially close the deal. Right. What, what do you know? You shook my hand. <laughs> and so uh, $900,000 later, I had a gorgeous shell of a building. And so that really was the, the beginning of our journey. And uh, we, spent, we spent the first, I think, nine months with hardcore construction, just everything being put in the building, if it's uh, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, um, and everything else that you would need to turn this thing into a real office. We installed a, uh, a sprinkler system, a new six inch water line from the street. So it got very detailed and, uh, and also budget heavy. But in the end, um, I, I think the end result really spoke for itself. Uh, we, I had a lot of people in the business at Access Networks that were against this decision because they just wanted a warehouse to operate out of. Uh, and I said, you know, if we just buy a warehouse off the 78, we're just not going to attract the team that we otherwise would if we had a really awesome office for people to come into in the morning. And uh, that was that was a good uh, a good bet, a bet nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, we Access Networks built a very strong team in Easton. And while we didn't have a warehouse with a forklift, which we ended up very quickly outgrowing you know, the back room in, in that building. Uh, we managed because that was a sacrifice that we made in order to have a beautiful office and apartment on top. And people flew out from um, from California to stay in that building and build that new team out there on the East Coast. And so overall, it's been successful for us. And upon selling the business in 2021, the buyer wanted a two-year lease on both buildings. One is here in California, which, which we own. And then 225 Ferry as well. That two-year time span is running out, and their lease will be up in May. And uh, they decided not to renew because they're going back to guess what? A small warehouse with a forklift. They're foregoing all the amenities because their mindset is, hey, we need to make this business efficient. They're also a public company, so they need to show their profits and earnings per share. And so right. that is that is the priority now. Plus, you know, people have been hesitant coming back to work after you know everything we've seen with COVID. Yeah, because a lot of us are used to a very um, flexible schedule, and people don't want to sit in, in an office all day necessarily. So that's the story. And uh, whoever takes on this building is going to find a whole lot of amenities beyond the design of the space itself. We put in. Uh, Lutron shades, uh, even in the skylights up on the third floor, um, and it's just it's 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 an inspiring space that makes you just want to stay there. You don't want to leave. So uh, that worked out really well for us. Yeah, and I mean your strategy with that office space really goes back to the secret to your success that you were talking about earlier, which was thinking about what was best for you and also what was best for the team. Um, And I I think it was through that space that you really 
realized how important, you know, an office space was to a team and to the mentality and to the success, which, you know, kind of led to platform five and, and the office space there. Right. Yeah, we could we could have easily put that money in our pockets or have not taken a risk and have just bought a, a, a simple warehouse to accommodate the logistics needs that we had. But I really thought, hey, I'm not going to be able to build this this business with my team, with the people that we want without having an inspiring space um, to to put them in. Right. It's just you don't want to go to work if. You just have drop ceilings and you know a, a damp office and in some building. It's it needs to be more, and I think that also speaks to today's work environment versus everything we've known until now. And things are still changing. Um, and I think that as an employer, you know, my job is to create that environment, and more importantly, make sure that my people are treated well. So the space comes second to how you treat people. Like I can treat you incredibly well if you don't have the space that you need or you don't have an inspiring space, you, you may or may not want to stay. But once you start creating that system where you're treated really well and the office you come into in the morning is unlike anything else you've ever been to, and we have a really good relationship, your chances of wanting to leave are probably relatively low. Unless you know something happened that you you would have to leave, you probably wouldn't want to, and that's my job, right? Retention. Yeah, and I mean, we can get into it more, but that's really what the vibe was at Platform Five when I was there. I mean, you have a, a shower that's more beautiful than the shower I have in my own house, and a full kitchen, and a Mustang, <laughs> and a full bar, and you know, an insane conference table. And, and it really is like, who would ever want to leave here? You can, you know, live, work and play here. Um, right. Down to the pinball machine, right? Yes, down to the <laughs> pinball machine. <laughs> so, right. So what you see there in that office, and I think you got an explosion of stuff in that, in that space, and it's a very big space, so it absorbs all of these things well. Uh, but you're seeing layers of my life, you know, of, of items and kind of tangible items that I've, that I've owned and had and shipped out from California with uh, three containers uh, coming out from, from LA that I sent to Easton intently saying, hey, we're, we're starting this new business and I really want to put my best foot forward. And, um, you know, creating this new space Again, learning all the lessons from previous projects, I decided that this will be my, if you will, this will be my creative explosion and my masterpiece. And so that's why you're seeing all these different elements that are really designed to draw you in and make sure you're comfortable and make you think about what it is that we're doing, why we're doing it this way. Um, and ultimately it's designed to create that retention with our team because we we've invested in the space, but also, you know, designed to attract everyone in Easton, right? Easton and the Lehigh Valley. We want people to come work with us, share the co-working space with us. I think if you could pay, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month, let's say, for an office that is a seven-figure investment, that is a pretty good deal. 
yeah it definitely is a masterpiece and there wasn't a detail that wasn't considered while while building it um but I want to talk about another project that you're working on which is 214 Spring Garden Street uh which you shared with me is a mansion that you've been or will be renovating and restoring over the next uh about 18 months tell us about that one yeah, very exciting. I'm really excited to get to this point where we are getting started this building. We've done a little bit of demo to expose uh, some elements and make sure that our plans are all dialed in. Uh, we do have permits that are approved by the city. Um, and now is the time to get started. We're finishing the bidding process on some elements that we just didn't have numbers for until now. And so that's been a slight delay, if you will, because ideally we would have finished Northampton and then moved straight down to Spring Garden. We slowed it down a little bit to make sure we have all our ducks in a row so that we're not making mistakes um, and ultimately trying to figure things out as we're building. We want to figure things out before we build. Um, but this, this mansion at 214 Spring Garden is one of the two regal mansions in uh, Easton. The other one is, I believe, on 44 north second street um, it's being used as an attorney's office uh, that is the one that is slightly older than this building this building was built in 1909 and it's really amazing to walk into this building and look at all the details and what a no expense spared meant uh, in 1909 right? there's a <laughs> lot of heavy lumber and a lot of details and you know, the stained glass is just incredible. And I think this is, again, part of Easton's charm is having this gorgeous uh, building that you could buy and go renovate. Um, because I never thought that I would end up owning a piece of American history. And this is exactly what this is. So we are treating the space with, I would say, a level of sanctity because it's so important it's such a beautiful landmark um, and we want to um, do right by the building and ultimately create something that is both useful for the tenants because you're going to have seven apartments in there and also um, preserving the history of the building it's almost a good excuse to be a little bit of a minimalist and not try to change anything which is exactly what we're trying to do uh, but you have to bring this thing to to, to current codes and update everything and install HVAC and uh, new electrical and uh, a new uh, plumbing system. So all of those things are already kind of in the works and uh, it's going to be really wonderful to, to see this thing finished. And if I get to have my way, uh, the side yard will also have a pool in it. So pool party. Oh my gosh, amazing. <laughs> wow. and. As you talk about like the seven tenants that will be there, um, all of the tenants of Platform 5's buildings, they are invited to the Platform 5 office space on 915 Northampton Street, right? That's one of the perks. Right. So what we want to build, and effectively what we are building, is not necessarily a, a system where you rent an apartment and you pay rent. That's what we've done for a long time. Uh, we've been great property managers. We always strive to service our tenants with 
um, with intent and making sure that they're taken care of and they feel like we care because we do. Um, and we see that as our responsibility. Uh, but transitioning from that, which is a really good place to be, by the way, a lot of building owners are not involved. They have a management company that gets you know, 10 to 15% of the rent that's coming in. And the management company's job is to take care of the building. A lot of them are not necessarily doing right by the tenants. They're just making their business efficient and they're trying to kind of band-aid things along. I, I see that system as a broken system um, because tenants are frustrated and you know, sure, you're getting your rent and maybe the owner's not involved and that's passive income, but it's not sustainable to me. Eventually people leave, they're not happy with the experience that they have. And this is exactly the gap that I see in this market is to come in and bring in a different attitude. And so what we are doing is we're A, we wanna be really great property managers. Uh, I think we can check that box today. But B, we want to build a lifestyle experience. And so if you're a tenant, you will have, you already do have access to our office to go co-work there for free. We're not asking for extra rent or a monthly contract. Um, come co-work with us. That's, that makes us also visible to you. So you can come talk to us about I don't know, whatever issue you have in your unit. Right. Um, but we also understand that our tenants, a lot of them are at home working from home and they don't necessarily have an office to go to. And this is, this is a great way for us to add value to what we're offering them. The other piece of this is actually the first amenity we created is a tenant garden that's on the corner of 6th and Ferry. That rose garden is open to our tenants to go into and you know, if you want to have, host a birthday party, but you don't have a garden in your building, which most buildings don't have a garden. Uh, here's a space, an open space that you go hang out at, host a party, you know, or a birthday party for somebody or whatever it is that you want to do, it's there for you. Uh, so then co-working space came in next. Now we're doing uh, spring garden and uh, we're going to find a, a good way to share the, the pool with everybody because I think that's going to be uh, in high demand. There's also going to be a gym in that building. So we'd like to share that with all of our tenants. How does that scale? You know, how do you scale out to 100 units? We're not sure yet, but we're going to figure that out as we go. Uh, the next big thing will be, you know, again, all of those things are plans. They're not set in stone. But what we want to happen is we want to see eight cents square built. And that, that space is going to have either one large commercial space on the rooftop because there's supposed to be a rooftop bar and then the rest, there's a restaurant on the bottom. We'd like to create a system where whoever takes on that lease uh, gives priority and reservation for our tenants. So essentially when, when you're a platform five tenant, there's gonna be a list of things that you get from us that we just think that you should have because you're a tenant. And I think again, we, we talked about the mentality with Access Networks. You see it translated here in a slightly different way to making sure that you know the, the best result for the group is doing what's best for us and the group. The group also means our clients, our tenants. Yeah, it's really just a whole other way of thinking about you know property management and, and taking everything to the next level and showing so much care for your tenants. Um, but as we talk about these properties and projects and how all of this came to be, I mean, 
like we said, Platform 5 was born through the original property search for an Access Network's East Coast office. Um, and then after selling the company to your biggest competitor, um, Platform 5 really became your main focus in the last few years. And you celebrated the grand opening at 915 Northampton Street in December, which I had the pleasure of attending and like I said, had the opportunity to tour it prior uh, for the photo shoot. And as I mentioned, the space is so, so cool. Um, so I'm curious, generally speaking, how rewarding and maybe, you know, what some of the learning experience has been going from networking solutions to diving into the industry of boutique real estate. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of, like you said, figuring it out as you go, which I think is also a really great mentality of, you know, not necessarily getting stuck in a box or um, what, what do you think? Well, transitioning is hard. Uh, I don't know if, if our listeners have sold the business and have seen that exit through uh, and then had to decide what to do. I had a few options. One of them was to just retire and figure out a way for me to sustain myself. In, in a very non-involved way, but I thought that, you know, A, I would probably go crazy at home. Um, and B, you know, I'm not, I, I felt like I'm not done creating. And that that's the battle, right? Because creating is very involved. You can't create without being involved. And so it's, it's been tough, right? It's, it's a, it's a very big choice that I've made. And there are consequences to this choice, meaning that, you know, I'm, I'm based out of the West Coast. I have two older boys here that um, I share custody with my ex-wife with, and I can't just go and move myself to Easton, even though I love to, uh, and spend a lot of time in Easton creating uh, Platform 5 and supporting my team. Um, and the decision was to go create and be as involved as I can, which also meant red-eye flights, usually every four to six weeks, spend the week in Easton, pick flight back home, and doing a lot of things remotely over Zoom, a lot of big decisions, a lot of big discussions, maintaining relationships. It's been incredibly hard. And I will say, um, I question that decision in a way of, you know, do, how do you, how do you commit to something like this and remain uh, motivated? And I think the, the bottom line is, is everything that I see is an indication to me that we're on the right path. And we're building something really special that wasn't there before. And so, you know, to me, it's, it's those little things that, uh, that encourage me. It's every day we have another little sign of success. We signed up our first co-working tenant uh, for our space um, a couple of weeks ago. And I was so excited and you know, to think about, hey, you know, that's maybe that's not a big deal in the big scheme of things, but it's a really big deal for me. Uh, same thing with the space that we leased out uh, yesterday. We have a, somehow we got a 10 year lease for a commercial tenant in one of our spaces. Oh my years. God. <laughs> That's, that's a really long-term decision that they were willing to make. Wow. And that's, you know, that, uh, that's reinforcing, right? We're doing the right thing. And sometimes, you know, it feels like we're very early, right? 
<clears throat> we're very early with the stock process of bringing value to our tenants in, in a landscape that's very different uh, than what we do. And sometimes being early also equates failure because you feel like nothing's moving, nothing's happening. Um, but the reality is you're just early. You don't have the wrong idea, you have the right idea. You're just really, really early to the game with it. And people need to process what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it and to make sense of it all. And it's complicated and it takes time. That's Access Networks was in that space of being early for about eight years. So hopefully Platform 5 is not in that space of being early for eight years. That's certainly not the intent. Uh, but yeah, transitioning is hard. Creating something new is hard. Taking risks. Uh, sometimes, you know, let's say taking risks when you don't necessarily have to, right? That's, I would say that's even harder. Um, but nonetheless, I, I, I feel confident with what I'm doing because it's so rewarding for me to see this process come along and to see our projects being completed. And then of course, you know, we're continuing to grow the business and we have, uh, we have a great team to, for me to, to support and that supports me. Imagine, you know, I have a team of three people that know that I'm not, you know, physically around, right? They can reach me anytime, but they're out there essentially holding the fort while the guy's here and we're working together. And that takes a lot out of them. I, uh, I recognize this. We, we have those conversations all the time. For sure. And I mean, when you talk about taking risks and, you know, kind of thinking outside of the box. I mean, there are so many opportunities for the Platform 5 office space. Um, I know that the Sete Luna Maxims 22 team hosted their annual holiday party there. And I've loved watching your stories on Instagram that show um, the ring doorbell footage of passersby peeking in and, and admiring the space. Um, and I know that you're very open to collaborations and kind of the space evolving and tailoring your offerings to the needs of the community. Um, tell us a little bit about that mindset. Well, it's, you know, you could, you could go about life in two ways in my mind. You could decide that your success is the most important thing and go pursue that, which by the way, you know, I've done for a while uh, before I've, I've learned that it could be a little different. Um, or you could say, hey, everyone's success will also mean my success. And that is, this is what I see here. This is what we're doing with Platform 5. We're saying, hey, it's not just about us. There is a community around us of people that live in Easton, that work in Easton, that see Easton as their home. And yes, you could say, guy, Easton is not your home. It's my second home. Um, but still, that commitment is there. And I really, truly believe that you know, we're not going to be successful unless everyone around us is also successful. And so sharing the space with others, if it's for photo shoots, if it's for events, um, and for any, you know, if it's co-working, all of that is driven to help other people become successful with us, right? So it, it's, it's really, you could say, hey, if, if I'm not successful unless everyone else is, um, and then you could do something about it. And that is, this is a part of, of doing something about it, along with what we're going to talk about in a little while, which is a school initiative. Yeah, yeah. 
I I would love to talk about the technical school um, that you're building next door. It kind of bridges all of the gaps of the work that you're doing, um, you know, helping others learn the secrets of your success so that they too can be successful. Why was that so important to you? Well, I've seen what it takes to build something from nothing, really, and also build myself, right, from immigrating here and um, speaking the language, but maybe in, in a somewhat broken way, uh, and having to assimilate and having to, you know, embrace this new reality and, and the new world that I moved into, um, and then slowly build on that. And I was always looking to learn from people, and I still am, right? I'm still looking to learn from people that I meet. And I wish that somewhere along the way, someone said, hey, it's not a shortcut, but there's a different path, right? You could essentially go somewhere into a technical school and get certified in X, Y, and Z and build a career for yourself. And the channel that I found, the, this vertical that I was in, with um, essentially building networks for high-end homes is something that is really unexplored and not really familiar um, to, to many. Right? It's when people ask, what do you do? And you have to explain what it is uh, in the days of access networks, it would take a while to register, let alone that you actually have success there. And you have you know a $30 million business with 50 people churning out networks day in, day out for celebrities and people, you know, household names that you know. Right. Um, it, it's really people never even thought about that as, as something that was viable. And there is so much business in tech. There is so much business to be had. Everybody needs a network, especially in 2020 uh, when, you know, pandemic hit, people are staying at home. Everybody's trying to work on Zoom. Kids are streaming and trying to also go to school essentially while staying at home. And those challenges really made it very clear that tech in the home is essential. And, you know, coming to East End, walking the streets, you can see that there, there are people in East End that struggle. And I always ask myself, how could we be right here um, creating all this success at 225 Ferry, and yet our neighbors across the street are having a hard time? You know, and there's what is that process to guide people to the light, if you will, that I've seen, right? The light that I found as an immigrant. And the way to do that is to teach people a trade because you can, you can support people with vouchers and, you know, try to help people out with supplemental income. But ultimately, true freedom is being able to learn a trade and go, then go apply it. And you're, you know, you're the master of, of your destiny. You can decide if you want to build a business, you want to work for somebody. Uh, these the salaries in, in our, in the Access Networks channel, if you will, building these networks and deploying audio video systems and, you know, creating automation in the home, you're starting today probably at 55, 60,000 a year. And those texts are needed. If you talk to the guys that's, that work for us that deploy all, all of our technology, um, they, they can't find people. So on one hand, you have this crazy need. And on the other hand, you have um, the, these 
these companies that struggle to find individuals to go work for them because they don't have a skilled labor force. And so that's where the school initiative, that idea came from. And it's something that's been brewing uh, in my head for a long time <clears throat> and really trying to create something that is sustained, not just, hey, you know, we're here today and we're gone tomorrow, but how do you build uh, something that lasts, you know, building a system that lasts if it's, you know, with the, the support of the city and uh, the support of the community. And of course, us as a guiding hand, and I thought, you know, the best way to do this is create a space. And it's a gamble, right? Like everything else that we're talking about, you know, platform file, that's also a gamble. Um, is it going to work? Are people going to come co-work with us? Are our tenants going to be happy with the amenities we provide them and want to stay with us? Who knows, right? We're, we're going to find out. Um, but what I thought would happen, which effectively did happen, is that when you build a space, it's really hard to argue with the fact that, hey, you, you already have the space, right? It's finished. Now you need to build a program around it, but we don't have an excuse of why it's not working because you're not sitting in a boardroom with some people trying to figure out what it's going to be and where you're going to put it. You already have the physical space, right? And so when I spoke to the RDA um, the, the other day, um, it's something that they, the redevelopment authority in Easton has been thinking about how to launch this type of initiative for many years, but they never had the space. And so I thought, Hey, I, you know, this is this idea that I had, well, they're thinking the same thing and I've created, guess what? The platform, right. To, to start this thing, you know, and, and get it to, to become something from, an idea into reality. So why I like, I love the name platform five because that word platform really speaks to me. And so if we can build a platform for success in terms of us financing the real estate side of it, which we did, um, now we're, we're going to need the city's help in creating that program. I have my ideas for the technical school and how it comes together, but it also could be, and this is where I'm, open-minded and I'm trying to learn from other people. Maybe what I want to do is very different than what the community wants. Because what I'm hearing is, hey, you know, it'd be really great if we had a space for kids to come to after school and do homework where you have proper lighting, you have an internet connection. If it's, you know, in the winter, it's warm in there. And maybe that's used for the space. So I'm saying, hey, you know what? I don't know everything. And the community will tell us what they need. And as far as I'm concerned and platform five is concerned, everything's on the table. So we're working with the RDA. I'm very hopeful that something will, you know, something will galvanize there where we have an initial program and the space could be all of those things, right? You could do homework in the afternoon for, you know, high school kids or whoever it is. Uh, you could do technical classes. You have a lab in the back. It could be used in multiple ways to help the community. And if we, you know, if we're successful and we're having impact with, with the people in Easton, then I think we've done our job. Yeah. It's, it's really incredible what you're doing. And, you know, when I was there for the photo shoot, you were talking about the space and the, for this technical school and 
you know, maybe it's hard to envision at first, but then, you know, you open the door and you show it to us and it's there, like you said, and it's, I don't know, just even not building any barriers around it. Like it's right next door to your platform five office space and, you know, having the school right there and to kind of, you know, students where they can see what you're doing and, and, you know, tenants coming in. Like, I think it's really cool that there's not all of these different boundaries or, or barriers or walls around anything um, that you're doing, that it's all like the school is, is right there. It's right next door. And um, I think that's part of what makes it, you know, really special. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, I think that someone who has had the success that you've had and is as forward thinking as you are, um, I would imagine you have a pretty good daily routine or, or at least a few regimens that you swear by. And I'm curious, you know, whether you're in Los Angeles or Lehigh, the Lehigh Valley, um, what a, a typical day looks like for you? Well, if I'm in LA, Waking up in the morning really revolves around getting all the kids out the door. Um, I'm the early bird in the house. And so I will always be the one taking care of breakfast and getting things rolling. Um, I do try to set up some time for myself to have just focus time. And it's been increasingly more difficult as you know more children came along. But uh, I think you know that was one of the benefits of of selling access networks. A lot of that has come in, in recent times where I've had more focus time. Um, so for me, it would be, you know, focus on the kids, touching base with work because my team now is on the East Coast and they're, they get a head start way before I do. And so uh, I'll touch base with the team. Everybody knows um, that I'm, you know, I'm busy with the kids until I drop everybody off. And then I will say that, you know, while I haven't made enough time for myself to, to work out uh, in recent times, just because I've been tied up with other things and it hasn't been a priority, I do not skip my push-ups in the morning and my push-ups at night. It's, uh, it helped me strengthen my core, which I really needed. Um, and uh, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a real workout, but it's something that keeps your muscles strong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you know uh, I I seek actively uh, fresh water sources um, that that help me help me kind of cleanse myself, if you will. Meditate. A lot of that I've done in my recent recent trip to to Israel. That's been really cool. Um, but even you know sometimes just having some quiet time with your headphones on and just kind of neutralizing the world so you could just be with yourself. I think it has been very important for me. I love it. Well, before we end this conversation, I mean, we've talked about so, so much, but as we head into 2023 or continue into 2023, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what you're excited about for Platform 5 and, and beyond as it continues to grow and flourish. Well, I will say that I'm excited about two things. One of them, which is very pragmatic, is operational efficiency, something we've been talking about because we've been running wild getting this business off the ground. And uh, we haven't really stopped to think you know, every single decision through, and this is how we got so much done 
imagine, I think that a year and a half ago, we had three or four properties and today we're sitting at a pretty 12 or maybe a little more, I haven't counted. Um, but we've got a lot done in a year and a half. I mean, we've been running in this race and now we've decided, hey, 2023 will be the year that we slow things down a little bit and actually put a lot more thought into every decision, be discerning and calculated so we get you know, a more optimized result. Um, so that's one. And number two, I will say is realizing our vision, right? So we had this great grand idea of creating spaces and sharing them with people and creating a community around us. Well, now we're, we're in this process of creation and we've hit some milestones and I really see it coming together. I see all this excitement around what we do and we really have an opportunity to impact, right? To impact a circle of people that usually, you know, access networks really almost wasn't touched, which is not the immediate circle of the business and people who are our clients, but the outer circle of our business, which is people that are in our community that we don't even know. And to me, that is so cool that we're able to bring that to Easton and make it a reality. And so there's a lot of energy around this uh, on the city level. Of course, our team is, is very excited for this. And uh, I think it's going to be a cool year of discovering how much, you know, on the mark we are. Maybe we're off the mark and we need to readjust. But uh, all of this, all of this creation is, is all there. And we're going to find out. Very cool. Well, I'm really excited to follow along and, and see all that you're going to accomplish this year. I think it's going to be very exciting. Um, and we end every episode. Oh, you're welcome. We end every episode by sharing a recent experience we've had locally. Um, it can be somewhere you went, someone you met, an event you attended. Um, mine is actually something I'm looking forward to. I have heard really great things about bamboo in Allentown for sushi. Um, so my husband and I are actually going there tonight and I'll have to report back, but I'm really excited to try it. Um, how about you, Hagai? Do you have like a favorite spot or something you love to do when you're in the Lehigh Valley? So I really wanted to attend the, uh, the pre-opening event for cabinet. Uh, yes. just opened, right. Yes. And I spoke to Jason and he's like, here, you know, it's, it's going to happen. And uh, of course I wasn't in town for that, but I haven't been there yet. But if you follow their Instagram page, it is crazy what they've created there. So I haven't tried it yet, but I'm telling you, I'm thinking every time I see them pop posting something new, thinking I'm missing out, I, you know, so as soon as I land in East and that's, the first spot I'm going to go to. Um, really amazing what people can create. Again, something out of nothing. That building that they're in used to be a garage. And look at what they've created. It's such a beautiful space. And the, the menu is so creative. And there's so much energy and creativity that is going into it every day. I don't know how Jason does it. I'm really happy for him. And I'm excited for Spring Garden to be finished, be right you know, in their backyard. And I think uh, we can collaborate. We probably, you know, people walk up to 915 Northampton thinking this is cabinet. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so maybe there's a collaboration there as well. Who knows? Oh my gosh, I agree. It looks so, so cool. I've also been following along on Instagram. I haven't gotten there yet, but we are sending our March edition to print this week, which includes um, an entire restaurant review with photos and, and the lowdown on what to order. So I'm. it sounds amazing and I'm, I'm equally excited about that. Well, can you tell listeners where to follow along with and learn more about Platform 5? Sure. Well, you can go to platform5.com and uh, that will tell you the little story about our business uh, as well as, of course, list all the properties that we own and we're renovating. I will say uh, Facebook and Instagram are uh, the best spots to kind of get current uh, updates. Instagram specifically is used for the co-working space. So that has a story of its own and how it was created and how it came to be. Um, the Instagram handle for that is PV underscore co-works. And uh, PV, of course, stands for Platform 5. And uh, on Facebook, just look Platform 5 and you'll find it. Awesome. We should also probably share um, that Anyone can enter to win a free month of community co-working access to Platform 5 in Easton, a $150 value. Um, they can find details on that uh, in the latest edition, our February issue on page 18, um, and can find that on our website. So yeah, very, very exciting. Lots of, lots of opportunities to, you know, collaborate with Platform 5. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Hagai. I've really enjoyed chatting with you and I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely, Kristen. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Hagai Finer. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and follow me at LVStyleKristen on Instagram. I'll talk to you soon.